amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And welcome to Music for Life Radio, where we transform your BS belief systems. I am Judith Pinkerton, a licensed music therapist, as well as a mother, wife, daughter, sister, friend, and founder of Music for Life. I am delighted that you have joined me as we explore together this month's theme of courage to allow. And it's honoring the fact that this month is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Our guest today is Noreen Rathbone, who is a professional dragon boat steersman for the Rose Regatta Boat Race this weekend at Lake Las Vegas, which also supports this month's national theme and fundraiser for breast cancer. Both Noreen and I are breast cancer survivors, and we'll be exploring together what music works to steer our courage into allowing life to unfold in a way that is enriching and engaging. Noreen, welcome to the Music for Life show. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) You know, you have got such a colorful life (laughs) that I want to go into. Many people do not know that you're also an avid athlete and have some major claim to fame with being... Uh, a player in the National Men's Baseball League. Yes, I did that for 12 years, and I played mostly here in Las Vegas because we have an affiliate out here. So, in fact, when I retired in January 2013, the national office didn't want me to quit, and my teammates didn't want me to quit, and our general manager said, can't you just play till you're 80 and play one or two games a year? But it was time to move on. You can't you can't do sports forever in a lot yeah. of sports. But the baseball career was great because I started playing baseball when I was three years old. Oh my so goodness! It's it's been what fifty? It was about fifty two years of doing it. So I would say that it was time to come to a close. Yeah, and then yeah. while well, you were actually in your rookie year of playing baseball, is when you found out that you had breast cancer. Yes. I went to see my gynecologist for a checkup, and then he said, you need to have your mammogram. And I I actually had put it off for three months because I got busy with my life and training, and actually that was a good thing because the radiologist who found the two tumors in my left breast said if I would have gotten my mammograms sooner, they would not have showed up in time for them to find the tumors in the mammogram. So actually postponing it actually saved my life. So (laughs) interesting about how we want to send a message to our listeners (laughs) about postponing it or not. Um, 
you know, because it's, it's something you don't. Yeah, it's something you don't do. I wouldn't advocate doing it. You know, I just, but, you know, I just kept thinking, oh, well, I've just got a sore spot on my left breast because I bat left-handed. I was thinking, you know, I was just irritating. Because I was very large. I was a 42D and playing baseball. And so I kept thinking I was just irritating the skin there. And I said, oh, I'll do it later. I'll make the appointment later. Don't make the appointment later because when they caught mine I was actually going into stage three cancer and didn't know it oh boy okay yeah so don't so yeah if your doctor tells you to get a mammogram go now yeah yeah Yeah, and that's actually what occurred for me just kind of looking at how the trip can be the same or you know different um I have a homeopathic uh medical doctor and um he is always, you know, cautious and very uh, homeopathic oriented. And mm-hmm. when I offhandedly said to him at an appointment this year, um, yeah, I know we're focusing on this, but, you know, I have this lump and, you know, what do you think? And he, like, immediately said, you have to go in tomorrow and get a mammogram and an ultrasound at the same time because not only do yeah. I believe that you have it, um, I'm concerned about it already being in your lymph system. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think and you this need to is get this true because, because when my gynecologist got the report back, you know, within, I guess, two days, he was shocked because he had done the breast exam on me and didn't feel anything. He didn't feel a single lump. So he was even totally surprised, you know, but cancer can grow that fast. Yeah. You know, it it can grow in a matter of days, you know, we are, we as humans, it's natural for us to say, oh, it doesn't bother me, I'll just put it off till later, and then we put off later to later, and then we put off later and later to later, and then by the time we really get to later, later, and later, it's too late. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, like for me, since I have my breast cancer, I check myself every day. If I have one little thing, I'm like, okay, got to check this out with doctor right now, you know, because I don't want to go through cancer again of any kind. And I don't want to do chemo ever again of any kind. It just, you know, it's not a pleasant experience. It's a necessary experience. But I don't want to do it again. I want to be healthy. And I I want to live to be in my 80s like a lot of my elders did. And the only way to do it is I have to take care of myself. You know, I've changed changed my diet, you know, to a more alkaline diet because I used to be a big acid eater, you know, junk food and all that. Well, your life changes when you have cancer. And you change yeah. your eating habits, too, you know. But you can't put things off, especially when it comes to your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to um, notice for our listeners, and I'm sure that we've got some that have, that know somebody, if it's not themselves, but know somebody who has had a similar journey. And it's it's almost like, you know, birth and a kid. You know, everybody has their own journey about what mm-hmm. labor and delivery is all about. And the same thing with breast cancer. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of similarities, but your journey is definitely your journey. And how you um, balance being the fighter versus being the surrenderer is a very interesting journey for myself. Um, I know that I had one friend that was really concerned when I first discovered that I actually had to go in and get a biopsy done, um, that I wasn't going to take it 
uh, I wasn't going to be as proactive um, and fighting as she was hoping that I would be. And she even cited um, Steve Jobs and said, you know, Judith, he regrets having uh, taken a more passive approach to his own cancer and wish that he had been much more aggressive with it and that he would maybe be around longer if he had not done that earlier on after finding out. And just listening to that and then learning from, you know, the team of specialists that you accumulate, um, really listening to them and deciding based upon their information about um, statistics and research and all of that that, you know, I just need to do this now and get the treatment taken care of and not delay it and so that I can move on with life. Um, so it's, it's an interesting balance because I'm so holistic myself uh, I mean, I had no insurance for several years because I was in between insurance companies and jobs that would, you know, pay me insurance, pay my medical insurance. And so that's what I actually had to put in place before I went and discovered, you know, that I really had to go down this journey. So it's it's an interesting one for us to notice how you have to balance that fighter inside of you and have the courage to be able to talk about it and to deal with it and looking at all of the tools that we have that can support us in being that. And I know you came up with some fabulous songs um, that we want to look at that really help steer, you know, your courage into allowing life to unfold. Your first song that you noted um, comes from Seals and Crofts, We May Never Pass This Way Again. What is yeah, your memory about that song? What does it do for you? It's just, you know, it tells me that, you know, we really only get one chance at life. And even if we survive cancer, we don't have, nobody has a guarantee on their life. You know, I could step out of my house and go across the street to my neighbors and somebody could fly up my street and run me over. You know, so, I mean, you never know when, your expiration date is up because nobody knows when their expiration date is up. But when you've had cancer, you have a sense of reality that, you know, your expiration date could come a lot sooner than you think it it will. And wherever we go in life, we're always going to touch somebody's life, whether it's, you know, a positive or a negative, depending on the type of person we are and the people we meet. But we, a lot of times meet people, and then we never see them again. So I love that song, and I fell in love with it back when it first, when Seals and Crofts first came out with it because I was living in Los Angeles as a teenager, and I didn't like living in Los Angeles, and I'm glad that I'm out there because I'm a country girl. I, I came from a very small village in western New York, and my parents moved out to California because my dad got a better job, and his sister was living out there with her family so he just thought well let's just go move there but I didn't like living there and when I heard Seals and Cross playing their songs and this song it just comforted me you know that one it doesn't have to be permanent for me to stay in LA someday and two the people I meet I may never see them again and I didn't see a lot of my relatives for the rest of my life they passed on I didn't get to have closure with them and see them because we didn't have the money to send us back to go visit family. So that song is huge for me. It's huge for me for the people I'm meeting now 
and people I'm going to meet in the future, and people I still have a few cousins that are still alive because most of my family, my aunts and uncles are gone because I was born a lot later in life than my cousins were. So I missed out on a lot, and I missed out on a lot of of my family on both my parents' side growing up. So that song is a mantra for me. That song helps me get through growing into an adult and growing older and heading off towards being a senior and then someday being old enough myself that it will be my time to pass on. Mm. So that's pretty much it. And people who meet me, they have good impressions of me and I've had people come back 20, 30, 40 years later and say, I remember you. I met you one time and I was really impressed with you and now they find me on Facebook and they want to be friends with me on Facebook and it, it's amazing. So the song is very cool and it's very yeah. real life. Yeah. So for our listeners, yeah. the link to the song is on the Music for Life blog dot com, which is got a link from our radio show site over to it so you can see all the music that we're talking about. We won't be actually listening to it during the show, but you can link to it to to listen and see if it might be something also that might give you the the courage to, you know, act upon life in the moment knowing that you may not pass by that way again. And so make life as full as you can. Um and in you know that, the interesting in thing the interesting thing, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I mm-hmm. went to my 40th high school reunion in August of this year, and the DJ, it was one of the last songs he was playing, and people were dancing. I sang it. I sang it out loud to everybody because mm-hmm. a lot of us are like, this is our 40th reunion, and we want to get together before our 50th. We don't want to wait 10 years. And it, it just made a lot of sense for all of us that, you know, we've missed. For me, I only got to go to my 20th reunion and my 40th. I missed out on the other reunions, and I sang that from my heart to everybody at the reunion. They were just like, yeah, you're so right, Noreen. You know, we may never pass this way again because we've lost several of our high school students passing on, and people we thought were going to be there weren't because they're not with us anymore. So, yeah, yeah that's a huge song. Mm. Then you've got Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Southern Cross is also an important piece of music to help steer life and to courage. Share with us why you picked that song. I picked that song. I've always liked that song. I always liked Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, too. We picked that song for this moment because it's all about me being a woman and I'm, you know, sailing my life, you know, now that my parents are gone and... My only brother is gone. I have a lot of brothers and sisters on Facebook, but most of them are like childhood friends. And we, we want to be close as family, but my immediate family is gone. So basically, I'm an orphan, you know, when you think about it. And that's that song for me is like, okay, I can sail the ship now. Mom and dad are gone, so is my brother. And I can I think I can do this without them, and I know how to sail ships, and I'm going to do it. You know, and it's it's about me coming of age as a woman, even though, it's, you know, I'm a late bloomer. So it's taken me longer to get there than everybody else. And I like it, too, because it goes along with my dragon boating. Because in the dragon boating program, I'm steering 4,400 pounds of boat and human beings on the boat. We have 20 paddlers and a drummer, and then there's a boat that's like 46 feet long. And I steer it with a 7-foot steering oar. And 
I feel like, you know, when I'm out there and they're training for the paddling, I'm out there steering, making sure everybody's protected, protected and they come back safe and nobody's passed out from our summer heat, you know, or nobody gets hurt or something. And I, I feel like I'm sailing. I tease them because I, you know, I'll say, come on, we're going to sail to Hawaii today or today we're going to Cuba or, you know, some other country. I make it kind of fun when I'm steering. But it's also steering our lives out on the water, especially with my breast cancer teammates because some of my teammates are still going through chemo. And they still come out and they still paddle. And they still they push themselves to do it because, you know, it gives it gives them hope, but it helps their faith grow. And we're all in this together, you know. And I'm proud to be the captain of the ship and making sure the boat goes where it's supposed to go and steering it in the right direction, not just at the lake, but in our lives. And I know, like, one of our one of my teammates is not able to paddle now because of a back injury she had a surgery on, and so she helps on the sidelines. But the last time I remember her being on the boat and we were getting off, she stood up and turned to me in front of everybody and she said, you know, she said, Noreen, when you're steering, I feel real secure on this boat. And that touched my heart. To this day, I still remember and discuss that with her. And mm-hmm. it makes me feel good that they feel secure to just focus on their their paddling, getting ready for this race. And plus, we went to Arizona and Long Beach this year to race too. But that they're so secure with you know me in the back that they don't have to worry about how to feel on the boat. They can just focus on training for the sport, and that's mm-hmm. a good feel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Southern Cross is a it, it's a good song. And I like it. It's a powerful song. And it's about mm. being out on the ocean, on life's ocean. Because life's ocean doesn't go smoothly. There are storms. And we have to weather them. Yeah. yeah. I love the connections that you make with, with the song and how it so beautifully fits in with the uh, races that we're getting into this Saturday. In fact, just I know. speaking a little bit about that, we have how many boats that are signed up and registered to race? I think last I heard there was 72, and wow. I think 71 are coming. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a lot. That's, it that's is. A lot, that's a lot of racing all day long. And every team does two heats. So that, that's a lot of racing. It's not just 71 races. It's 71 teams times two. So you know, I know so, from and, I I know from my own experience that you know it's chop chop. I mean, as soon as you know that you have to be there, you have to race, get your life jackets on, get your oars, and be ready to go. Because as soon as those boats come in from the prior race, you immediately have to jump on and get it out there and get it out to the middle of the lake where you start, <laughs> so that you can yep. get the next series. Uh, the next race done, and there's I think it's always three boats out there, right? Yes, we do three boats, yes, and we have six boats, so we have three getting ready, paddling out to the start, and then when the race starts, the boats that are going out there will stop so they don't interfere, you know, with distraction of the three racing, and as soon as they pass, then everybody picks up and they go line up, and they line you up, and it's go. Yeah, so you've got so it's, it's um, six staff. steersmen then, right? We we have ten steersmen 
um, when I looked at the list today, we have 10 steersmen, and four of us have a lot of experience, and we have six new steersmen who are very capable of racing out there, and I'm really excited about racing against them because I've already <laughs> been telling all the – I've already been telling all the newbies, I'm going to kick your water butts on Saturday, you know. Um, so it's going to be fun. And they're all, they, they're all, we're all certified. You have to be certified. You have to go through a training program, you know. And we have people that they don't make it or they find out it's not for them or it's more than what they thought they can handle. And we've had, you know, some people who have just said, no, I really don't want to do it. But the ones who do stick with it, they stick with it because they love it. It's like you're you're essentially a water jockey in the back of the boat, you know. So it's like heading down the racetrack on a racehorse, except the racehorse is a big long boat with all these paddlers on it. But and yeah, the, you're there's like, like, is it twenty paddlers? How many paddlers? Yeah, twenty paddlers, and then you have one person at the bow of the boat who's facing backwards towards the back of the boat, who's playing the drum and sitting sitting on this little skinny drum seat that and it can be a little scary if you're not used to doing it <laughs> believe me i know a couple of years ago i was the drummer and i'm going to be a drummer again this next saturday so i know how and small i can't that wait seat to is. see you yep. <laughs> i know how yep. small that i do not it too and i'll be honest i would rather stand in the back and steer because i have plenty of room for balance and everything then I'm more nervous sitting on that seat. But that seat is secure, though. It's, you know, it's secured down. And in seven years of being out there, we've only had one person fall off the seat. She got excited towards the end of the race, and and she was like, whoop-de-doo and everything. Next thing we knew, she fell in the water. You know, and, <laughs> and it happens. You get excited. You forget, you're on the, you forget you're on the boat. And I know in the first year, we had a team, they won the they. They won all their races, and they were coming in at the end, and they got all excited, and the whole team, everybody threw up their hands because they were so excited. They won they won the gold medal. They sunk the boat because they tipped oh, no. it. They tipped it because of their excitement and then, you know, moving around in the balance, because you have to have good balance on these boats. They yeah. tipped it to one side. It took on water, and then it went to the other side, and then they, it just swamped itself straight down. Oh, I mean, man. And we laughed. You know, nobody got hurt. The fire department went out there and rescued them, you know, and towed the boat back in. And it was in shallow enough water that they didn't have to go diving for it. But it was a good lesson to learn, too, because, like I said, that it's a water drill team. You have to have balance. If you're out of sync, if the paddlers are not all paddling at the same time and putting their paddles in at the same time, then you get you got a rocking motion on the boat side to side because it's like doing the wave in a stadium. Pretty soon the boat starts rocking side to side, and then all of a sudden the boat's not going anywhere because now you're all out of sync and it's not moving forward, and then you're moving side to side, and you can actually, you know, in choppy water, take on water. I, I think it was in my third or fourth year of steering, I was bringing a team in, and it was a big, strong team. It was a co-ed team. And they had gotten out of sync, and we had some really big guys in there, and they were splashing water in the boat. By the time we brought the boat in, we had six inches of water in that boat. And one inch of water in the bottom of the boat weighs 300 pounds. So when you have six inches of water in the boat, you have an extra 1,800 pounds mm. of water. And what I did was I had to brace half the boat with their paddles flat on the water and have the front five rows paddle the boat in 
because they couldn't race anymore and we were actually sinking and I prevented the boat from taking on more water when we brought it in and everybody was teasing me on the dock that I got the gold medal for having the most water in a dragon boat that race day. You know, so I mean this this can be this can be a dangerous sport. It can be. It has the potential for it. But we're on a lake. It's really pretty safe for us on Lake Las Vegas. Everybody pretty much knows what to do. We train the teams during the year, so when they come out, they know what to do. And everybody knows that you have to do this in sync. That's why we always stress to be in sync together. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, those are just, those are like the three incidents that we've had in the seven years that we've had the Dragon Boat yeah. out at Lake Las Vegas. You know, but so you always have to be aware where that something can happen unexpectedly. Yes, yes. So in looking yeah. at the, the third song that you had for us and thinking about, you know, how it's called Eye of the Tiger by Survivor and just thinking about when you're shooting the boat, you know, and you're steering it, um, you you have to stay in your lane, but there's no lane markers. <laughs> so you have to have there, this. Well, like there this are, line of there sight are. of the eye of the tiger or something, you know, where you're like, you know exactly where you're going, and then you just focus on that, right? Well, there are lane markers, but they're way off in the distance. <laughs> so you have to kind of go, I know it's out there somewhere, and as soon as I halfway get to it, I'll know where it is to get ready for the next one. Mm. And when the water's choppy, you know, they're not super brightly colored, but they are, you know, they are brightly colored. They're orange or yellow, you know, to let you know, but... They're small, you know. When you're 250 meters back, they're like they look like little golf balls. Yeah, so I know that being a to... yeah being a paddler, you know, you're you're so focused on just making sure that you're paddling in sync with 20 paddlers, right? And I know the drummer's job is to keep everybody paddling, their paddles going into the water at the same time as they listen to that drum beat of, you know, being in sync together. So it's really this huge machine that um, is powering, would you say, f- how many pounds the boat is? Uh, between, when it's pretty much filled up with 20 paddlers and the drummer, steersman, and the boat, you, you're looking about 4,400, 4,500 pounds total. Wow. Shooting through the the water. The steersman is the one who has to keep in that lane. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the analogy, when you think about the analogy, Noreen, of um, the how you have to do life represented in the dragon boat. You know, I mean, the dragon itself is like this symbology of how you need to fight for life sometimes, yeah. you know, and be so um, aggressive in that. But then at the same time, you have to be like in sync with your team. No matter what team you've put together, that team has and to you be have in to sync surrender, with you. You have to surrender your individuality in the boat to become one, to become one with 19 other people. Yeah. And then yeah. you have to trust your coach. And you have uh-huh. to trust the whoever your steersman is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of surrendering on that boat. Yeah. And 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 the only way to compete is you have to become one. You have to gel as one. So you have to surrender everything about yourself to, to meld yourself into the person who's sitting next to you and the people who are sitting in front of you and the people who are sitting behind you to become one unit. 
and you have to put aside, you know, oh, I'm muscle power, you know, or I'm quick power. You, it, everybody has to do the same thing mm-hmm. in order to get to that finish line. And let me tell you, when you're doing a 500-meter race like we did in Long Beach, I mean, we we fought for our silver medal and, and um, or I think it was our bronze No, we, we fought for our bronze medal that first 450 meters with the team from Morro Bay. And we finally beat them in the last 50 meters. But, I mean, we had to stay as one unit the whole time. And, I mean, we were huffing and puffing and we were tired and our muscles hurt. We were running out of oxygen and we were just sore and we were tired and it started to rain. But we still had to surrender ourselves to our coach and our team captain to be one unit and to listen to her and follow her directions when, you know, when she'd say, I want it longer, I want it harder, I want it deeper. You know, we had to completely surrender ourselves to do it. And by doing it, we just barely beat the Morro Bay team to come back with our medal. But we were not going to go home empty-handed. Yeah. You know? And And so as we look at our medal of life and needing to make sure that we recover our life when we go through such a a life illness as breast cancer. It's about learning how to surrender that. We have for um, our listeners, there's a webinar coming up uh, this Friday. Uh, You can check in with the Music for Life website located here on this website. For music just because and finding out, are you stuck in a chronic unsettled comfort zone that might compromise you being able to have that courage to allow life to unfold if you're going through a serious illness? So this webinar might be just for you. Noreen, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. We are winding down. <laughs> thank you. I enjoyed it very left. much. <laughs> and I'll thank see you. you Saturday. Oh, I look forward to this. It'll it'll be an exciting time for sure. <laughs> yep. I'll um, see you Saturday. Who knows? I may end yeah. up being your steersman on the boat that day, you know, because, <laughs> you know, I don't know who I'm going to get assigned to. So we'll find yeah. out on Saturday what we're all doing. All right. I'll be there. I'll look for you. <laughs> all right. I'll look for you too. Yeah, thank you. It's my sincere mission to have inspired you with life skills. Till we meet again. Notice how you purposefully self-medicate with music to transform your BS. Thank you for being with us today. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.